Welcome to C Suite Radio. Holy Harkin! Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Excellent! With your host, Brad Allen. Well, isn't that extra special? Recorded live at Bay Area Studios. Join Brett each week as he interviews celebrities, influencers, authors, high-level entrepreneurs, and much more. At the open mic, no topic is off limits. Giddy up. And you never know who may stop by. Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. Happy Tuesday to you and welcome into another fantastic episode of the podcast. I hope everybody is doing well. On the show today, we have the wonderful and delightfully talented Colin Mockery. You know him from Whose Line Is It Anyway? We're going to talk to him about the show. And we have an interesting conversation about improv and how they have been able to pivot during the pandemic. Him and Brad Sherwood have essentially come up with this new streaming comedy show that you can watch called Stream of Consciousness. And we talk about that and it's a lot of fun. I want to give a shout out to Jeff Abraham of the wonderful and amazing Jonas PR group for getting Colin on the show with us. And we're going to dig right in. Colin, welcome into the podcast. It's great to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. As I mentioned before we started recording, we had Greg Proops on a couple weeks ago, and now we have the pleasure of chatting with Colin, and we were kind of joking a little bit about just sort of losing this semblance of time and not really being able to keep track of things. So the big question for you, I guess, is how have you been handling all of this, and, and what has life been like for you since we've all been quarantined and locked away in our houses? I, well, part of it has been... Um lovely i mean it's it's hard to find positives in a pandemic i understand that but um you know i've been able to spend time with my uh, wife and daughter which has been lovely it's been nice to have some downtime uh, things were a little hectic just before um, everything sort of closed down and um it's been it's been relaxing it's actually been nice, except for the fact i truly have no idea what day or even month it is um aside from that things are going all right yeah yeah i know i'm the same way i was joking with you earlier about the fact i actually woke up today and i couldn't i was looking at my schedule to just kind of see what the day looked like as far as press and talking to people and it felt like a wednesday or a thursday but it's only tuesday (laughs) so yeah uh, it's insane, you know. It's been crazy. Yeah, I've been in weekend mode for like six months. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine, though, has it been nice, though, having a bit of a break and being able to just take a pause a little bit and sort of relax and spend probably more time with your family than you might normally get to outside of touring and that sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. This is the longest I've been home in um literally decades so it's it's actually been interesting not have to you know set your alarm for five so you can get to the airport and fly somewhere do a show that night and fly somewhere the next day so it's it has really been um good mentally i i was actually wondering if this is actually going to change the way we do things whether people have found oh i can work from home and it's much more relaxing and I have more time to do other things. I wonder if we're going to switch into that way or we'll just go back to the way things were. You know, I asked myself that same question because you are doing a project that is really cool with your co-star Brad Sherwood. Of course, we all know him from Whose Line Anyway, Whose Line 
is it anyway as well. And you, along with other comedians and performers of the likes, have sort of pivoted your craft to online and to Zoom meetings and to streaming. So that sort of segues us naturally, my friend, into this topic of this project called Stream of Consciousness, which you're doing. And the links for all of this will be available in the show notes. I actually was able to join the first show when I found out about it from Jeff, your your publicist. And so I experienced it. And it's a lot of fun. But why don't you share with our listeners what this is about and, and if they join, what they can expect from you and Brad? Sure. Uh, what show did you see? Uh, the like, fr- just the past week? Just the past week, yes. Yes. When I got all this confirmed with Jeff, I just was barely able to get in on the 14th of the first show, which is a couple of days before my birthday. So that was my my birthday oh. present to myself to uh, uh, to watch some up. live company. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brad and I, um, well, once this happened, we quickly realized our uh, last 17 years has been spent going on planes and playing in theaters. And we realized it's going to be a long time before those things will be open to us. I, you know, theaters are still trying to figure out how they're going to get live performances in, or, you know, like going to sell like a third of um, capacity tickets and then have people spread out. So we thought maybe there's a way we can actually tour virtually. So we kind of got together in our production team at Mills Entertainment and, and Brad and I have found a real, um, like a creative surge because we realize can't do our stage show on Zoom uh, because Zoom has become, it's it's almost like you're watching television. And so we, um, you know, on stage, we can do scenes for like 20 minutes. We can take our time. We don't have that in, in this show. So our scenes are shorter. We come up with ways of using the technology uh, and get special effects in there. We still, every scene starts with suggestions from the audience. We found a way we can actually uh, interact with the audience on the screens where it looks like we're actually entering their living room or whatever. So, um, yeah, basically that's it. And after every show, we have like little postmortems and we come up with new ideas. So we have, uh, Brad and I talked for like an hour yesterday, and we came up with like 17 new ideas that we can use uh, in our show. So it's exciting. It's weird because we're in two different countries. You don't hear any laughter. You're just hoping that <laughs> what you're doing is funny. It's it's a very strange uh, feeling. Yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot from just several other comedians I've had the opportunity to talk to about doing the Zoom shows. And there seems to be two camps. One is we're doing it. This is a way for us to to fulfill this creative outlet and surge until whenever the day comes that we can mm-hmm. perform live again. And they have crafted it to the piece and point where you you interact with the audience. And so, yeah, I mean, I think for you and what you do and what Brad does and, and all of you guys who I find so remarkably talented to be able to just think on your feet and do all of this comedy, laughter has to be the, the best form of validation, right? I mean, as far as like knowing if something's working. So if you're doing it in a Zoom meeting, you don't really know, right? You're just kind of like, well, we'll just move on to the next thing. Is that kind of the mindset of when you guys are performing? Yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, and it's hard because the audience is almost like our third improviser. They sort of set the pace of the evening. So those laughs, and those laughs also inform us as to, 
okay, so maybe they're not into this kind of humor so much. Maybe they're more into the verbal. So in one way, we're flying blind and having to really trust our instinct. So far, so good. But, you know, that can always turn. (laughs) Well, I think it's a positive thing because we're just in such a moment in our country where we need content and we need laughter. Again, I've I've done more Zoom things in regards to checking out these types of creative performances like you doing or Greg or whoever. I don't know. There's several comics who have done it. And it's kind of interesting. Like I've gotten used to it, at least as coming from a consumer of entertainment and content, right? It's like I could get mm-hmm. used to it, you know, and you mentioned I wonder if it's ever going to go back to normal. I, I think it might, but I kind of feel like that with the whole concern of how are we going to fit people into a, a theater, like a comedy club's different, right? You know, 200 people, you could kind of sort that out. But if you've got a theater that you might perform in that holds 2,000 people, right? And you've got to space yeah. everybody out. And okay. also, you know, the theater has to make money. Right. So that's going to cut into um, their profit. Or, uh, you know, because you can't all of a sudden just triple the prices for you. The audience does show up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going at, let's see, this performance is 35. And, I, I you know, I think you guys came to the Bay Area last year with Who's, Who's Live, I think, was the performance. And, uh, you know, you do those shows and you have your ticket prices. So, yeah, I mean, you've got the performer like yourself to consider, right, who has their quote. And then the theater who now has to decide, (laughs) are we going to do $100 a ticket versus 25? I mean, it's crazy. All of the pieces to the puzzle. But thank goodness you guys are creative types and you've been able to come up with a way to connect with fans and to get laughs. And that's great, right? I mean, that's the best you can ask for, I would imagine. Yeah, no, it's 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 been good. I mean, you know, I'm always going to miss the um, audience interaction and, and having that sort of immediate reaction. But um, this is, uh, you know, it's a good second. It's going, And it keeps us creative, keeps us uh, getting out there. And as I said, it really has been a bit of a creative boon for us. So it's 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 been good in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, I love it. And I encourage my listeners to participate in it if you can, because you get to hang out with two great guys and that are funny. And the audience participation is fun as well, even in a Zoom meeting. And <laughs> it just allows your imagination to soar and to go wild. You've been doing comedy for a long time, improv. You started out, if I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, is you you kind of got your first taste of performing in theater, a little bit of laughs there. And then from there, growing up, were you naturally a funny person? Did you find yourself being funny or was that something that came later for you? Um, I was naturally funny, but I was also shy. So I was never the class clown, uh, but in my group of friends, I, I'd be the, the funny one. Uh, but yeah, and it wasn't until um, later when I got a little more confidence and became a little more outgoing that it, it really developed more. But yeah, it was a, a slow burn. Yeah. And I would imagine even now, like we're having this conversation, so it's a little bit more intimate, but are you, you're just not funny all day long. I can't imagine you there. It's, it's something that you can, a switch you can turn on and off. Correct. Is that kind of how oh, it works? Yeah. I I mean, number one, I don't think my wife would enjoy it at all. <laughs> It's fun in short spurts. Um, and in fact, she calls the um, the guy on whose line the other because it's really kind of a far. It's odd. I mean, it is me, obviously, 
but it's like a, um, almost like a caricature of who I am. Um, just sort of maybe a, a little more extended. It's, uh, and it's, it's one of the things I enjoy about Who's Line is everybody, uh, audiences feel like they know all of us because we play these sort of exaggerated versions of ourselves in a way. I mean, there's a kernel of uh, truth in all our characters, but we're certainly not like that all the time because it really would be irritating. <laughs> That's funny. You said your wife would probably not have it. Right. I, I can't imagine you're at home and you're trying to do something and you're like doing bits, you know, while you're trying to like do dishes or things like that. That's probably yeah. not. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We we do do bits and she uh, um, she's a comedian too and improv and actor. So she does her bit. But yeah. We, we know when to do them and when not to. Yeah, that's funny. Now, your daughter, does she have any interest in what you do or desire to kind of follow the family tradition and be in comedy as well? Or is that just far removed? Um, it's not far removed. She's taken improv classes and um, I've never seen her improvise. But the teachers would tell me like she's really good. Uh, I mean, she is uh, naturally funny also around the house. Uh, but she, I think she's going to look more into the acting part. Also, um, you know, she, and she certainly didn't get this from her old man. She has a beautiful singing voice and has sung with bands and um, has experimented with that. So she has options, which I never had, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So she's a performer. So it's easy for you to relate on that level in the sense of, her creative desires and things like that. And I don't know, maybe she, maybe you guys could do something together someday. I don't know. That's just, an, I'm not telling you what to do, but, yeah. you know, you never yeah, know. We've, actually, uh, we've, we've done short things for, um, for fundraisers. The three of us have done things together. It's certainly not, uh, my wife is a writer, so she's, you know, been working on a series that would deal with the three of us, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, we could be the next Barrymore's. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows? In a good way, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting that she totally attributes her personality and success uh, to her father and having those vague memories of going to set and watching him perform. And, and that's great. I mean, I, I think we all as parents, I'm a father, want to pass some sort of legacy down to our children and have them be a part of the family business because it can work out really well if it's done correctly and it sounds like you guys just have a great time and a lot of fun and that sort of thing. Do you find yourself entertained by other types of comedy or entertainment? Like what, what does Colin find funny or, or are you just like you do it and there's other things that you would rather consume your time with than watching other people do funny types of things, whether it be in film or television or stand up. Oh no, I, I like watching funny things because I can always steal from them, uh, which is, you know, a plus. And I, I find I um, can learn from, I mean, there's so many great comic actors and comedians out there. And, um, you know, right now, uh, what am I watching? That's funny. Barry uh, with uh, Bill Hader, who I think is really funny. Um, and also uh, I think is a good actor. Um, which I, I find a lot of uh, uh, comedians actually are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also Monty Python, um, SCTV were big influences for me. And, you know, I go, I am old. So I go way back to, <laughs> you know, Jack Benny and uh, Bob Hope, Dick Van Dyke, Sid Caesar. So I've, I've always been fascinated by comedy and I, I try to watch as much as I can. Right. And I'm sure, just like you mentioned, that probably informs you a lot when you're performing, right? Or you're doing something 
whether we turn on the television and we watch Who's Line and we see you performing and improving and that sort of thing. Now, I've always wanted to ask this, and I, I, I always forget to ask it when I talk to performers who do improv. Obviously, been doing it for a very long time and had massive success with Who's Line. But in the moments when you are given a suggestion or you're doing a scene with the guys, is it hard for you to come up with? I mean, how do you come up with things so quickly and so wittingly? I mean, it's just, it's like, um, I don't even know how to explain. It's like watching magic happen in front of you. You know, there's a secret sauce, but you can't quite figure it out. Like, how, how does that work for you? And what is your process? I wish I could explain to you. And in fact, I wish I knew. <laughs> Here, this is the closest thing for me. Um, there's this theory that when you're uh, in a dangerous situation and your life flashes before your eyes, that is your brain downloading every piece of information you have in your life. See if there is something there that will help you get out of this predicament. And I think that's what happens when you improvise. You hear the suggestion then your mind goes through every um, thing you've experienced. Uh, it makes all these jumps to different um, areas of your life or things you've watched or things you've been influenced by. Um, then in a second, it just comes out of your mouth. And from then on, you're just doing a scene with someone. It's, it's very odd. You're, basically, when you're improvising, you're in survival mode because you have nothing except what the audience has given you, what... Um, your partners are giving you and you have what whatever the uh, goal of the scene is to accomplish so your mind is just flying through the entire show you know people always say oh what was your favorite scene what you know what's the best scene you've ever done i don't remember any of them <laughs> because unless something goes horribly wrong like somebody hurts themselves uh, i'm funny but um i never i can never remember the specifics of scenes it's you're going from one thing to trying to survive the night. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the thing that gets me the most about what you guys do is your song parodies like Hoedown. I find that to be one of the most mystifying things because like one time just for fun, well, I've been binge watching a lot of episodes prior to this conversation and just kind of because I've had nothing else to do. And I found myself through like four episodes timing. I set a stopwatch from the time Aisha or Drew said, we're doing hoedown, suggestions from the audience, tip to tail from when the song started. That's not a lot of time to think of something. And then I just watch each of your faces as it comes to your turn, your turn, your turn, whoever. And I'm just like, my God, that is just, it's a gift. You know, I mean, I think people who do stand-up comedy are fantastic, but I think improv to me is even more impressive because you were part of Second City as well, right? And so I imagine your time there sort of kind of baptized you by fire in a way to help hone those skills. Would that be an accurate assumption? Oh, absolutely. I mean, nothing, no amount of training ever gets you ready for a hoedown. It always takes me by surprise. It's the worst game ever. We all hate it. <laughs> um, e even the guys who can sing and that's I mean and those guys are amazing but uh, yeah Second City was um, like a college for me I mean it was where I learned I, I got a chance to do improv every night it's where I learned how to work with uh, different people with different skill sets I learned how to deal with an audience either try to uh, you know get them to be a little less rowdy or just get them relaxed enough to be able to give a good suggestion that we could work with so um, I, I was very fortunate in my time there I was with a great uh, cast and I, I really learned a lot 
Oh, a lot to Second City. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's just such an iconic group who has just churned out some phenomenal talent. And really, I think I would say most, a good percentage of anybody who is a performer or a celebrity like yourself has had some sort of involvement with Second City or, you know, Citizens Brigade, one of those organizations, right, where it just kind of prepares you. Now, I know you've done live TV, you've done films, you've done movies. Do you have any interest? I know this might be an odd question given our current state of our country, but doing more theater and that sort of thing, is that something that still interests you or do you have other things that you're focused on? No, I'm uh, I'm always open up to anything that um, takes me out of my comfort zone because I find that's what I enjoy the most. And it's when last year or the year before I did um, a production of King Lear uh, where I played the fool. And I was with um, the best Shakespeare actors in our country. And I was totally outside of my comfort zone. But I got to see these amazing people work night after night. And again, learned so much from them. And didn't embarrass myself, which was nice. Um, so it, And it sort of gave me the bug to uh, act a little more. So I'm always on the lookout for something. And, you know, the tour I have with uh, Brad is... Um, sort of my number one priority. And it's the thing that I, I really do enjoy the most. But I, I, I do like doing other things too. Yeah, I imagine though, as a creative, you have to have other outlets to kind of off gas, right? Because you're just, you, you're, you're so in it and doing this. It, it just, to me, I think would be mentally exhausting, but you do it well. And it's interesting uh, the, the, the comments you made about Hoedown, I, I would think that would probably too be one of the, most challenging skits that you had to perform because it's just so all over the place. It's so unpredictable. My gosh. Yeah. And you know, when Wayne or Brad or Chip are doing greatest hit, you know, we set them up with a title and they get to sing, uh, whatever with hoedown, um, you get the subject and then there's that fear of the person before you taking your rhyme. So you're trying to come up with like three different rhymes that you can have just in case, Somebody takes your bit, which happens all the time. And there's no <laughs> word. And you can see, because you see it coming, you hear the rhyme, and you think, oh my God, they're taking my bit. And then you're panicking, trying to think of, I got to find something just as funny. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's just the worst. <laughs> so when uh, whoever the host would be, whether it be Drew or Aisha, and they're like, all right, hoe down. And the audience goes nuts because we all love that more than anything and i mean you're just like sheer panic comes over you and you're like oh my god here we go and of course yeah. there i imagine like obviously you all get along quite well but there's probably that side of each comic or performer that is thinking okay how can i not one up the person next to me but really just kind of throw maybe even a curveball just for fun and go let's see how they swim uh, in this ocean of who knows what w without a life raft. So I imagine some of the other things that you do, a little bit easier to think of, like dinner party. I don't know. I mean, the list goes on and on. You've just created so many different memorable moments. And I think Whose Line was probably one of one of the longest running shows on television, right? It's been on for a long time. Oh, a long time. We had uh, the 30th anniversary of the British show a couple of, uh, uh, two years ago. And we did four shows at the Royal Albert Hall which was amazing. So we, we did, I was on the British show from 90, 1990 to 98. And then 
it switched over to Drew, 98 to 2004. And then we started with Aisha. Uh, well, we're, I think we're starting our seventh season. So, yeah, it's a show you, you can't kill with a stick. It just keep, It's like a zombie. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> that is funny. Well, we love it. And I want to say thank you for just providing such fun and Good, most of the time, family entertainment, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's great. And this show, Stream of Consciousness, I think is a magnificent um, extension of all of that. One last question about that: When you started all of this from the British show on, did you have any idea in your head after a little bit that this was going to be such a cult success, and that it was just going to literally? Uh, live on in infamy with 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 reruns and continuing to perform. No, absolutely not. This would I thought. Well, this is uh, great. This is a show that I can do, and I mean, whose line changed all of our lives, and it gave us an opportunity. Brad and I talk about this all the time. We're doing something. We're working at something that wasn't a job when we were growing up. We've somehow invented this job where we get to tour the world, making up crap, not really working that hard. It's, um, it's like the lazy man's dream. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Who's Line, for, for making that dream a reality. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine growing up if, like yourself or anybody uh, who's in our demo, said, hey, I, I got this job <laughs> and uh, I perform on television at night for an hour in front of a studio audience and I get to just talk craziness and people love it and that's my job and I get paid for it well <laughs> what yeah that's insane you know I can't even imagine how the show was pitched to network executives it's like <laughs> there's four people you've never heard of before who don't have a show once filming starts and then by the end they will yeah so, uh, well thank goodness for it it reminds me of the story, too. I don't know if you've ever watched Impractical Jokers or anything like that, this show. And, you know, it was the same concept that came up with this idea of four friends from high school. And we're going to tell each other to do dumb things and get people to this fall into this ruse. That's our show. And now it's like in its ninth or tenth season and it's one of the most popular shows on TV. So... Who knows? Crazy Hollywood, right? That's that's how it works. Um, but hey, it's worked out well for you, my friend. And I personally thank you for just creating something and, and bringing the world a little bit more joy and a little bit more laughter now and, and forever, however long it will last. You know, one day I'll hopefully show my son, you know, who's lying and he'll find it just as funny as I do. Um, oh, sure. Bring it till my hips break. <laughs> yeah right well thank you for being on the show Colin just one last thing if people want to we'll, we'll have the link for the stream of consciousness in our show notes but if, if they want to just follow you on social media or kind of learn more about what you've done how can they do that uh, I am uh, on Twitter at Colin Mockery um, we, Brad and I have a website ColinandBradShow.com and um, there's ColinMockery.com and I have a Facebook page Colin Ye Mockery yeah, everything's called everything's Colin mockery. That should be that. That'll be the title of this episode. Everything, <laughs> everything, like every yeah, I know, right? Everything is Colin mockery. I thank you for your time and just for being here and being a part of 
the podcast today, Colin. I appreciate it. Oh, Britt, thank you so much for having me on. That brings today's episode to an end. Thanks for choosing to stop by and listen. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend and hitting the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.